1: by default. I think we, we all have things that we do, whether we realize it or not, that we just fall to by default. But today in Romans chapter 8, verse number 3, I want to begin reading to you. I'm going to read to you from the New King James Version this morning. It says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, a couple of things I want you to notice there. It mentions the word flesh quite a bit, and it mentions the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is what it's referring to. Those who either walk by a sinful nature or by the Spirit. I think that the New Living maybe clarifies it a little more. says, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Let me just ask, am I the only one in here who has a weak, sinful nature? All right. How many of you are struggling with your sinful nature right now? Don't raise your hand. Amen. Amen. But we all struggle with the weakness of our sinful nature, and that's what the King James refers to as the flesh. And we all struggle with the flesh. Now I want to bring you this message called By Default, and and the reason I called it By Default is because that's where our flesh usually lives. The definition of default is this, an option that will automatically be selected by a computer if the user does not choose another. I want you to get that. By default is an option that is automatically chosen by a processing system if the user does not choose another choice. Now, some issues that involve our flesh or our sinful nature, they have become what we would call second nature to us. They have become our default. There are things about us that we struggle with. There are problems that we go through that whether we think about it or not, automatically, when certain things happen, we automatically jump back to our default settings. we If you do this, I'm going to do this. You know every time you say this, I do this. As a matter of fact, we even learn that about the ones we love. We learn how to push certain buttons if we want certain responses. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. And I found in my life that when I start off a phrase when I like this that I probably shouldn't continue, but I'll say, I probably shouldn't say this, but. <laughs> when I've said that, that but should be far enough to go. Come on now. Amen. But for some reason, I know the effect it's going to have, and I persist forward. And I know that, that what I'm doing at that moment is probably not the healthiest thing at that moment, but it sure feels good to the flesh to win. Come on. Amen. We all have those kind of default settings. The weaknesses sometimes, and sometimes their strengths, they become our default settings. But I want you to get this today. Jesus Christ wants to change your default settings. He didn't bring you here so you could leave the same. He came into this world to change our lives for not just eternity, but in the here and now so that we can become more examples of what he can do to others. Amen. Amen. You see, our flesh becomes more and more accustomed to actions. What we do, that nature, it begins to, uh, to take over us. And, and these actions are often uh, the, the works of, of a sinful nature. Eventually, every action, however, becomes part of what we call muscle memory. And once the skill is learned, it's never forgotten. Once your muscles have picked up that skill, it stays with you. It stays a, a part of who you are. It's, for example, riding a bike. How many of you understand that once you learn to ride a bike... You never forget how to ride a bike. Now that doesn't mean you need to jump on one today and act like you're 12 again, amen. But when you jump on that bike, your muscle memory comes into place and you know the coordination that is necessary. You understand what has to occur for you to ride the bike. I don't know if you've seen the video on YouTube where they changed the mechanism of how to ride a bike, and when they changed the mechanism of how to ride that bike, even though it was just as simple as the other, because the muscle memory kept affecting that, they couldn't ride the bike, and it took some months to be able to ride it a short distance. Why? Because they were having to retrain who they were. They were having to change who they were, because once that thing is learned, it's never forgotten. Now, the truth is there's actually no storage in our muscles, but it is part of the procedural memory storage of your brain. And no matter what it is that you do, eventually it becomes stronger and stronger with repetition. It begins to overtake this. It begins to change how you respond to things because when you do it over and over and over again, it automatically becomes your default Settings. So unless you make another choice, you go back to your default settings. Now, I want to preach for just a moment what God's given me here, but I also feel the power of the Holy Spirit stirring up in my heart. There are some of us here that we're sick and tired of having the wrong default settings in our life because we know that if the devil shows up, that instead of stepping up, we're going to back down and we're going to cower. But I have not come with a message of defeat this morning. I have rather come in the power of the Holy Spirit to tell you that Jesus Christ wants to change your default settings. He wants to. Make you better than you walked into this place. Amen. I feel this this morning. You see, we've been studying how that God is taking us through the process of overcoming every habit, He's changing every action that is not in accordance with His will for our lives. And how many times we expect this to occur quickly. We talked about this just a few weeks ago, that sometimes it takes 381 miles and 20 years for something to get out of you that you thought was delivered the moment that you prayed a certain prayer. God said, I forgave you then, but I've been setting you free process by process and moment by moment. But why? Because he's changing your defaults. I feel this this morning. But we get frustrated because it doesn't happen quickly. And we find ourselves revert to our old actions and we doubt God. It's sort of like if you, if you took one lesson, if you went and you were going on a trip to another country and you took one Spanish lesson and you came out and you thought you were fluent in Spanish, come on now, amen. You have to be careful when you try to learn another language. You have to be cautious because you know we'd be frustrated, hey, I took one class, I should know this. I practiced for 10 years, 10 years to, to learn Spanish. Uh, just every weekend I was practicing as I was preaching here in our Spanish service. And I was practicing, and I'll never forget, I went down to Honduras, and I'd been preaching in our church down in Honduras. And I was so tired, and I got back to the hotel, and I always trying to be nice to the people because we use the same hotel. And I'm, I'm coming up the stairs, and the little maid stops me. And just a wonderful lady, she was probably in her mid-60s, she stops me, and and, and she's just smiling at me. And, and, and I just wanted to say, God bless you. And and, and, you know, I'm thankful for you. And she asked me how I enjoyed everything here. And, and, and I, was, I was trying to tell her that the that, that country was beautiful and I just love all the people. And, and, and she just kept smiling bigger and bigger. And she had no teeth. She was just smiling bigger and bigger. And, and, I, and I realized what I had told her three times. I looked at her and said, I want you to know you're so beautiful and I love you so much. I love you. Amen. And she was so excited. Amen. I said, God bless you. I went to my room. Amen. But you know, sometimes if we, if we allow that to set us back, you know what, I couldn't allow that to be the last time that I, br- I used my Spanish. I couldn't allow that to be the last time. But most of us, if we practice something, and we fall, or we stumble, or we mess up somehow, we'll say, well that, you know what, that didn't work for me, or we'll give up on God. Now I'm preaching right now, come on now. I feel God in what I'm telling you. We'll back down, we'll back away. We expect to walk into the dojo, and on the first day for them to realize we're Bruce Lee somehow, and come out with a black belt. But instead, we've gotta learn something anything worth achieving takes practice and it takes effort and you need something to empower you to move forward. Amen. I'm preaching this morning. I'm trying to behave, but I feel what I'm telling you. Amen. You need something and I'm just going to jump the gun a little more. What you need is to stop trying to do it yourself and receive the power of the Holy Spirit of God into your life because he will change you from the inside out. Amen. That's what you need. You need a move of God. But we treat our spiritual life like we expect one little thing to happen, and suddenly everything's better. But we've got to continue to practice spiritual disciplines. We've got to continue to get up and pray until it becomes our default setting. So instead of cussing everybody out every time we get mad, we back up. Instead of giving somebody a piece of our mind, we let peace fill our mind because peace is a product of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. Amen. Man, I feel this today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But here's what you need to understand, living a Spirit-filled life takes time. It's not something you're going to accomplish overnight. And that time could be decades. You grow little by little. We get stronger and stronger. And eventually, as we keep practicing, you will see that what was once the ceiling of your faith becomes the floor of your faith because God's moving you to new places, and you won't even resemble who you used to resemble because God's changing you. How many want God to change you? How, come on, just celebrate if you want God to change you this morning. Come on. Amen. 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 If all Christianity was was coming and looking at some guy, in a middle, I hate to say this, but some middle-aged guy yelling on a the stage, then why would people come? Why are we coming to God's house together? Because the word's coming alive in us, and we need to grab hold of that and make it a part of who we are. Because the person that walked into this place is not the person that has to walk out of this place because God wants to do something in you people say to me, Pastor, God changed my life here at hell And this is my always my response to them. He started with mine. He started with mine. He's changing who we all are for His glory. You see, our text today makes it clear that, that we've got to begin to develop these spiritual habits, not to walk after the flesh, but to walk after the Spirit. And one thing you've got to remember is to walk after the power of God is you don't start from scratch every time. You... Add to you start praying and you add to that prayer the next day, and you add to that prayer. You don't just let your Bible fall open and whatever you find, you begin to read it and you begin to create a discipline in Christ. And as you're reading through that, God's changing who you are. You see, our text tells us that we're going to have to retrain our nature not to follow what we used to do, but we're going to be retrained not by focusing on the training, but by getting to know the Holy Spirit of God. We need more of the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about that today. When you need to make a major decision, you need more of the, of the spirit of wisdom in your life. When you don't know how to say something, the Holy Spirit empowers you. The word says that when you stand before others, you don't know what to say, that he will give you the words to say. If you're having trouble loving, well, the first fruit of the spirit is love. You know, I heard a powerful teaching this week from Dr. Rutland. He, and he, he was quoting two wonderful speakers in their own right. Martin Luther had said that all sin is a lack of faith. But he quoted Spurgeon who said, all sin is a lack of love. That if you really loved, you wouldn't do what you're doing right now. That if you really loved, you wouldn't abandon God the way you have right that moment. That if you really loved, you wouldn't treat those around you the way you're treating them right now. Can I get an amen? This is true. That if you really loved, you would not uh, uh, be treating that spouse the way you're treating that spouse because of love. All sin is a lack of love. See, the answer for us is this, that whatever you need, what you need is more of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. You need to begin to practice the presence of God in your life. The Spirit of God wants to fill your life with his presence. He also wants to stretch you so there's more room in your life for more of him. Can I get an amen for that? The Holy Spirit is still hovering over the waters of chaos, just like he did in the beginning of our earth. And he is wanting to bring order out of the darkness that is threatening to pull us under. No matter the question, no matter the problem, what you need is more of the Holy Spirit. Get this, the Holy Spirit wants to become your default setting. Instead of falling back to your old ways, when you show up at work and you think everything's going good and all of a sudden you're out of a job, instead of falling back to your old ways, The Holy Spirit wants you to shake yourself and arise to the occasion and realize that the person who got that job is not the person who just lost that job because you've grown in God and you're going to become something stronger and you're going to move forward and you realize that the enemy might be trying to win, but all things will work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And you're going forward. You're moving forward by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've just got to warn you. I've got to preach a total of like nine times in the first three days of this week, but I didn't preach hardly at all last week. I was off, and I just feel it backed up. I feel power. Come on now. Amen. I feel it this morning. So if you'd help me, we might just have church this morning. Come on. Amen. Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit did not come to make us better than others, but rather to make us better than ourselves because he said He wants to take a people who are broken, who, I don't care what you've done since you were 12. I don't care what you've done since you were, uh, or became a man. He wants to change who you are and make you not what you were, but what God's called you to be, to take those who are broken and make them champions, to make you empowered to be something better. Here's the problem. When you feel like there's no more room for growth, I could stop there. We all have room to grow. We all need more of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. We all need the presence of God. You need more of the Holy Spirit. You see, we need more holiness, more patience, more self-control, and these are all the products of the Holy Spirit. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, we begin to retrain our flesh We begin to no longer reach according to our sinful nature, but we begin to learn to react to our spiritual nature. So much so that what you used to fall back on, you look back at now and you say, look, that doesn't interest me anymore. That doesn't attract me anymore. I don't understand what I was thinking because I looked forward to the beauty of heaven. And when I look back at the darkness of sin, I realize I'd rather reach this way than fall that way because God's faithfulness has revealed more to me. Pastor Don, what do you want out of us this morning? I want you to be hungry for the power of God in your life so that what has been controlling you controls you no longer and you are led by the Spirit of God because those that are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God and the promises of God become yours. Amen. My goodness. I feel Jesus this morning. Amen. I sent out a little text to pastors to encourage them on Sunday mornings, and, and one of the things I looked up this morning, had a had a little groundhog with both hands in the air going, preach, preach, and preach. Come on now. I, I need me some groundhogs this morning. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. One author said it this way when it talk, it's talking about what you're doing in your life. It says, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. You see, once we learn to regularly experience God's presence in our life, you're never going to be the same. Every muscle in our body has a purpose. Everything that we deal with in our body, it has has a reason and it has a current default setting. You have more than 600 skeletal muscles in your body. If all of your muscles were to pull in one direction at one time, you could move 25 tons. The hardest working muscle is the heart. Some of you thought it was the tongue. Come on now. Amen. (laughs) The largest muscle is the gluteus maximus. Little junior high, but I enjoyed that. Come on. Amen. The strongest muscle is the masseter muscle in your jaw, which enables you to bite down with 200 pounds of pressure. There are 43 muscles in your face, and it takes every single one of them to frown. However, it only takes 17 to smile. Well, you said we all take the path of least resistance for a moment. Amen? Amen. Out of all these muscles that are so important, there is one that you must learn to exercise if you want to live a spirit-filled life. I want you to get this. You're going to have to learn to exercise this muscle. The muscle that you must develop, ready for this? It's called the no muscle. The no muscle. This is the muscle that you have to flex every time you make a decision to do the right thing, even though your flesh wants to do the other. This muscle is what you had to exercise this week when you looked at the dessert buffet and you said, no, I will not go back a third time. (laughs) Come on now. I'm not pulling for two. Let's beat three. Start with, come on. Amen. I will not go back. This was a muscle that had to be exercised. When I heard of a young person in our church who was being pressured into premarital sex, and they lost that relationship because they were bold enough to say, no, I will not. And that's the kind of muscle that we have to practice. This is the kind of muscle that causes you to say no to the snooze button and get on up and pray and get into God's word. Until you learn to practice the no muscle, you'll back down on the spirit-filled life. When you resist the sinful nature, you are flexing the no muscle. Come on now. Amen. Amen. What muscle are you working on today? I hear people talking about going to the gym. My 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 son and my son-law going to the gym. What are you working today? Well, I'm working my abs. I'm working this, I'm working that. Some of you need to start practicing this one. It needs to become a part of your regiment. What today has controlled me that I'm going to say no to because I don't want anything other than the Holy Spirit of God to control me. You see, it's time to starve the sinful nature to death. You have to learn to say no, I will feed you no longer. Andy Stanley said it this way. To say yes to the one is to say no to the other. We need to identify what in our life keeps finding that sinful nature and bringing it forward. What keeps feeding it after it's there. And we need to realize what feeds our life for Christ. And we need to start saying yes to Christ and no to sin. Let me me take you to this. I love one of the parts of this verse. From the King James, it says that you must walk according to the Spirit. Walk according to the Spirit. So how are you going to walk according to the Spirit and not to the flesh? Well, let me, let me just give you an instance from my life this week and tell you how not to do something. This, this week, as we gathered, I wanted to make something special. So I purchased, now this is going to sound a little redneck, but it is. I purchased a turducken. I had so much fun preparing my turducken. It took me nine hours of carefully babying that thing to get it to golden perfection. Oh, it was awesome. I was go down. and I covered it when they said to cover it. I uncovered it when they said to uncover it. I mean, I, I did everything the way it was. Oh my goodness, I can taste it now. But somewhere about five hours in, I started thinking, now when you go downstairs to get that, you need to make sure you take the potholders with you. Don't forget the potholders. Whatever you do, don't forget the potholders. So when I went down the stairs, I had the potholders with me. I took them with me. I approached the stove. I opened that little stove up. I pulled that thing out and I set it on top of the stove. And I set those pot holders down to examine the glory of my creation. And then I heard the stomp upstairs and realized people were here. And I turned and I grabbed hold of that beautiful turducken. Nine hours in the oven, and I suddenly felt that I had forgotten the pot holders. Amen. A revelation came to me via my fingers, amen, that are scarred yet even now. You see, why did I forget the potholders? And why would I share that story with you at the end of this type of sermon? Because what happened there is actually a psychological term that's called a double blind. What I had done at that moment was I had focused so much on what I didn't want to do that it became part of my consciousness of what I was not going to do, and so I did it. I have a reason not to do it again. But I had so focused. Now listen to me. Let me just tell you what God's putting into my spirit right now. This is not in my notes, but I want you to catch what the Holy Spirit's saying to me. Some of us are so focused on our next failure that we don't know how to win. We're just trying to figure out how long we're going to make it till we mess up again. I'm preaching what the Holy Spirit's put into my heart right now. You see, because we really, we really, we know where we've come to and we don't ever want to go back, but we know how stupid we really are. We know how rooted in us we are because why? Because we know our defaults. I'm preaching by the power of the Holy Spirit and I feel this. And instead of thinking, I'm going to overcome by the blood of the lamb, we're too busy thinking, Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, because I know where I'm going, I know where I'm going. And we're double blinding this thing because we're constantly thinking about the failure. But what we've got to begin to do is realize something. God didn't call us to constantly try to not fail. He called us to begin to try to win. He called us to move forward. And the only way you're going to move forward is when you're led by the Spirit. I'm no longer led by trying not to sin. I'm no longer led by trying not to fall. But now I push those things aside. I lift my eyes up to where my help comes from and I begin to walk towards Jesus and when the power of the Holy Spirit comes inside of me, listen to me, this is what he wants you to realize, he came to give you desires for things beyond your ability and then he wants to empower you to step up above what you can do and become what he's called you to do, why? So you're no longer double blinding this thing but you're beginning to realize something, this problem shall become a thing of my past it shall not proceed into my future why? Because greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. The Spirit of God helps me become stronger. Amen. This is what God wants you to get. That when you try to defeat the flesh with the flesh, you end up with the flesh. But when you begin to practice the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in your life, and some of you are going, Pastor Don, I don't even know what that is. Let me just tell you, I don't. we don't have that long today. We don't have hours for me to ex- uh, express that to you. But this is what I do know, that when the the, the apostle stood up on the day of Pentecost and he proclaimed, he, as the baptism of the Holy Spirit was filling all of those around. And he said to them, he said, this is what was promised, that in the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And he gave this promise. He said, this shall be for you, your children and even all of those who believe in Christ who are far off. What you need to begin to realize is this. God has given you the power to overcome. God has given you the power. It's called the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need to begin to say, God, I don't understand it all, but if you gave it to me that I want it, I want you to fill my life. Amen. And that's what I'm crying out for you today, that you will have a refilling of the power of God's Spirit in your life. Would you stand with me today? the power of the Holy Spirit can change you. Change who you are from the inside out. Think about that thing you can't beat. That's the problem. You've been trying to beat it and not become what God's called you to be. The Holy Spirit of God will change who you are. It will change the very fabric of your being that what once tasted good to you no longer tastes good. Sin loses its taste. Instead of focusing on the sin, lift up your eyes to Jesus. He will change who you are. Pastor Dom, when do I receive the power of the Holy Spirit in my life? There's been great arguments over this. This we know that you can't even get saved without the Holy Spirit drawing you. You can't come to God unless the Holy Spirit is drawing you to salvation. And it is this Holy Spirit, the Bible says, that does the work in your life. Listen to me carefully. The Holy Spirit seals you. He regenerates you. He, he is the one who does the, the work. There's six workings of the Holy Spirit in your life. And we know in Acts chapter 8 that all of that occurred. They testified to salvation. Two years later, the apostles came down and said, have you yet been filled with the Holy Spirit? Two years later. So this we know, that he that began a work in you is wanting to continue to do work in you. He's wanting to continue to do his work in your life. And here's the problem. We get saved and then we think we've got to struggle to get to heaven on our own. When he said, I will send another to you and he shall be a comforter to you. And when he comes upon you, you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want us as a church to begin a quest for more of God. More of his spirit. More of his presence, so that we stop double blinding this thing and not just dealing with the sin, but we start dealing with the life he's called us to live. How many of you would say with me this morning, I want more of the Holy Spirit of God in my life? Father, you see our hands. I lift both of mine because, Lord, I ask you not for a one-handed response. I ask you for more than both hands can hold. I ask you for more of your presence than my life can even begin to fathom. God, I ask you, Lord, to pour in your Holy Spirit. I echo the words of the the great apostle. I declare this is for those that believe in Christ. This is for those that even those who are far off, those that are thousands of years who are still believing in Jesus, this power of the Holy Spirit is for them. God, I ask you to fill us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet with the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask you, God, to cause us no longer to desire just to beat yesterday, but to give us a goal to become today what you've called us to be. Lord, as I'm praying right now with hands lifted up, there are men that never dreamed they would preach the gospel that are going to preach the gospel. There are men and women of God who never dreamed God was going to use them. God, you've got a a purpose for them beyond uh, uh, what they ever imagined. God, I thank you, God. There are going to be people that have a record who are going to begin to to set records for the glory of God of things done for the kingdom of heaven. Father, I thank you that it will not be by might. It will not be by power. But it will be by your Spirit that this is accomplished. Great is our God and mighty is our King. Father, I thank you for what you have done. I ask you, Holy Spirit, just blow on these now. Blow into their lives like never before. Your word says that you came as a mighty rushing wind, and I'm asking you just to blow into their lives. Lord, and then that wind, everything that should not stand will tumble. Everything that should not be there will fall. It will be blown to the side, and Lord, set up camp in their lives. Change who they are for the glory of God. Thank you, Father, for what you have done, and you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Isn't God good to us? Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: today's word from pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God fall in love with him all over again and live out your destiny now to learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill join us online at warhill.com then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations service times are Sundays at 8 15 9 30 and 11 a.m. where you will find real love now